Riley Murtha, and I'm your host. This is Life and Shit, your weekly safe haven away from all of the artificial bullshit going on out there, where we discuss what it means to live well, what it means to truly feel good, and how we can achieve those things. So thank you so much for being here, and let's get to this week's episode. Welcome to another episode of Life and Shit, the podcast. Today, I wanted to bring you something a little different. I've been doing a lot of interview episodes and having guests on, and I love those episodes, but I haven't really sat down much lately and just recorded anything by myself, and I wanted to give you guys more of a practical episode um, this time. So I want to go over some of the things that I've been talking about in my coaching sessions with my clients. So today I'm going to give you all seven tips on how to improve your focus and productivity because these are questions that I get often and I think that it will be helpful. So let's get right into it. Um, I think this will probably be a shorter episode, but tip number one on how to focus and be more productive is something called a brain dump. And if you're anything like me, maybe you don't love the word dump when people do a photo dump or a brain dump, but hear me out here because it's really important. Doing a brain dump daily or even multiple times a day or as often as you can remember to do it is a great way to offload the mind. We have so many thoughts and ideas swirling in our mind, taking up space and pulling us in one direction and another. If you can find an outlet for that, which is what a brain dump is, Get your thoughts onto paper, and that way you don't have to think about them anymore. You know that you've written them down in a tangible spot. You've come up with you know, a list of things that you will return your attention to at some point in the near future, and you can give yourself a bit of a break from constantly overthinking and staying stuck in patterns of thinking about the same things over and over and over. If you're feeling overwhelmed or anxious, I highly, highly recommend sitting down and doing a brain dump with yourself, literally writing down every single thing you're thinking about. It doesn't. It's not a to-do list. It's not just all the things you need to do, although you can write those down if you're thinking about them, but it's also all the things you're thinking about, anything that you're worrying about, stuff that's on your mind, just taking it all out of the mind and writing it down on paper can really, really help to reduce overwhelm and give you a sense of peace knowing that it's all there. You don't need to feel like you need to keep track of everything in your mind all the time. So once you've spent two or three minutes just writing down everything that comes to mind, all of the recurring thoughts that you're having, everything about the future, the things you need to plan, where you need to be, all of that type of stuff, Um, anything that you're worried about, anything that's bothering you, you're going to write all that down in a list and then you're going to reflect on that list. You're going to look at it and right away you're going to cross out anything that is out of your control. I heard this from a friend of mine and I absolutely love this because it's a visual way of looking at how much of our time and energy is given to things that we have literally no control over. So if you can reflect on your list and cross out anything that is not in your control, that will give you a big sense of relief because you know that you can 
Accept the fact that you have no control over those things and move on with your day. And then of the things left on the list, I like to prioritize them, give them like, you know, how important does this feel to me? If there's anything that needs to be actioned on, you can label them a one, two, three, whatever works for you. You're just taking the thoughts out of your mind and you're creating a resource for yourself that you can return to. What's important? What needs to be actioned? Are there due dates? Are there deadlines? And making sure that you're eliminating anything that is beyond your control, releasing that. So tip number two is all about time management. It kind of ties into your brain dump and you can use this to help you prioritize the things that come through for you when you're doing your brain dump. Um, But if you've ever heard of the time management matrix, there's a way that you can categorize your tasks and you can use this with your daily to-do list or really anything. It's thinking about the urgency and the importance of the things that you feel like you need to do. We often tell ourselves that we're so much busier than we are. Like we love to blow things out of proportion. Coming back to that discussion of cognitive distortions, living in that carnival fun house where everything is not what it seems. We need to be honest with ourselves about how much do we really need to do and how much of that really needs to be done right now and not let that weigh us down and have us in a state of panic or worry when we really don't need to be there. So the time management matrix, it's a four quadrant thing and it will help you to figure out what you need to look at and what you don't need to worry about. So there's two factors that tie into this. It's the importance and the urgency. So the number one square is going to be your your urgent and your important things. These are things that do have a deadline. They do need to be actioned on as soon as possible. And they're also super important. There are things in life that are urgent, but they're not important. And there are also things in life that are important but not urgent and then there's certain things that are neither urgent or important and ironically those are the things we like to spend our time doing so if you can reflect on that how are you spending your time especially when you find yourself in a state of procrastination use this time management matrix and you can literally just google it it's been around forever it's a really great tool for starting to be honest about how we're spending our time, and how much worry and stress that we're under is actually beneficial to us. Number three is a crazy one, and it's something that we underestimate. It's one of these things, and I talk about a lot of these things in my coaching, but we underestimate the effect that it has on us. So number three tip is don't multitask. Don't allow yourself to multitask. We want to strengthen our focus muscles the same way we strengthen our muscles in the gym. And we think that it's a harmless thing and some people truly believe that they are able to multitask, but we are not. I mean, science tells us that we're not effectively doing two things at once. You're just switching back and forth and doing two things badly instead of you know, just doing one thing at a time, giving it your full attention, and then moving on to the next thing. So you're sacrificing the quality of the work that you're doing or whatever it is that you're doing, you know, even if that thing is spending time with other people. If you're on your phone, you might believe that you are doing both, but you are sacrificing that quality time with the people that you love because you're not giving it your full attention. And not only that, if you're on your phone working or whatever, I'm talking to myself here if you haven't figured that out, your work quality is also suffering because you're not giving those conversations or those tasks your full attention either think about the power of the mind we are so powerful the things we can manifest everything that unfolds because of the 
where we place our attention and our focus. So if we can use that focus really effectively and have an intention behind doing one thing at a time, finishing what we start, and then moving on, your life will start to feel a lot easier and you'll feel more accomplished, which means you're going to be in a higher vibration. When we're multitasking, we are keeping ourselves stuck in a lower vibration energy, something like worry, something like anxiety. It's not a good place to live and it has far-reaching effects. It affects us way more than we want to realize. Not only that, but it's not good for your brain to multitask. It's hard on the brain to be constantly switching. Every time you switch gears, even if you feel like it's harmless, you're working on something, someone sends you a text message, you get into that conversation, you check Instagram. Every time you switch gears from one focus to another, it takes some time to adjust and your brain is working really hard. We put ourselves into a state of burnout mentally. We get depleted. Our mental and our cognitive energy becomes depleted because we're always switching gears. It's a great thing to just practice focusing. Lying down on your back on a yoga mat for five minutes and just thinking about being present, feeling your body and focusing on just your experience or giving yourself a challenge to sit for, you know, depending on how hard, how hard of a time you have with focus, even 10 minutes sitting down uninterrupted with a book might be challenging. And then the next day you add another 10 minutes and another 10 minutes and really push your edge on how long you can stay in a focused state for it's powerful. And like I said, we need to actively strengthen that to support our brain to function at its best instead of constantly burning it out. Number four hack for staying focused and productive, turn your phone on to do not disturb mode. You won't have any incoming calls. Your phone is not going to notify you every time you get a notification. And then when you are ready, you can look into your messages and see who's been talking to you or what you've missed. I have all my notifications turned off for all social media. I mean, I'm on it often enough, more often than I probably should be. But I see things, you know what I mean? Like I see when things come in because I'm I'm regularly checking in. I do not need to be notified. And I feel the same about my messages and my emails. And I just, my phone has been on silent for about five years. I don't need notifications. I don't need noise. But if you can put your do not disturb on, and there's actually, if you have an iPhone, um, there is now different settings of do not disturb. You can totally customize what notifications you get, what that looks like to set yourself up for success. Because obviously we are distracted by our phones, by incoming things, unexpected stuff. So if you can limit that distraction, it's going to eliminate a whole lot of temptation to switch gears and to start to multitask or to lose that focus. It's all about staying in that flow state when it comes to focus. It's like finding the things that help you to get into that, you know, your zone and stay there for as long as possible. Hack number five, I don't know when they turned from tips to hacks. I really wanted to avoid using that word, but it's just coming through. So it is what it is. But number five is creating yourself a focus playlist or using something like binaural beats. I don't know for sure that I'm saying that correctly. It's one of those words that you read or I've read a million times. I've typed a million times, but I don't know how often I say it out loud. So if I'm saying that incorrectly, please forgive me. But binaural beats are really cool and it, it actually ties into 
different frequencies, different frequencies and sound healing. Um, and it's using two different tones at the same time. And it does something to the brain. I don't know exactly the science behind it, but it's good for you. And there's different ways that you can use binaural beats to get you into a state of focus, something to do with your brain waves, I'm sure. Um, there's also ones for sleep and different things. So using binaural beats or creating your own playlist. If you wanted to go on to Spotify, I don't know about Apple Music, but if you type in like binaural beats, a million playlists will come up. Also, same thing with like if you type focus playlists. That's what I love about Spotify is you can do any kind of very weirdly specific niche search and you'll always find something. So get creative with that or make your own. I have a focus playlist that I've been using for years now with certain songs that now trigger my brain to know like, okay, it's time to get shit done. That playlist is called Get Shit Done. And it's like electronic music, a certain kind of electronic music that I certainly don't listen to in my day-to-day life. But it gets me into this like zone. It gets me into my my flow state, my focus. Um, And if you can build yourself a playlist like that and then return to it regularly, it gets you into like a knowing. Like your brain recognizes when it starts to hear that music, those songs, that intro. Okay, we're going in. It's time. Okay, I feel like I'm whipping through these really quickly, which is great. But I want to pause for a moment and I just want to recap these first five. So number one is brain dump. Number two is that time management matrix. Number three is not multitasking. It's finishing what you start. Number four is do not disturb mode on your phone. Number five is binaural beats or a focused playlist. These are things that I've either heard from other people or that I've figured out in my own life. And I do have ADHD. I was diagnosed with ADHD in high school. And I mean, I went down the rabbit hole that many of us did with Dexedrine and ADHD medication. And let's just say that's not for me. It was for a while, but I... I don't like to be on any medication. I don't like to take anything that I don't need to take. So I've found a way to function to the best of my ability just by managing like lifestyle stuff, mindset stuff, working with, you know, strengthening certain parts of my brain and creating an environment for success when it comes to focus and being productive. Um, So moving into our, our last three tips here, number six is time blocking. Um, so this is when you look at your day and this pairs really nicely with, um, like a to-do list or a brain dump and, you know, the time management matrix thing that you've done. So once you identify your priorities, um, you can use time blocking. Like I like to time block my week, uh, on a Sunday or I'll plan my week ahead on Monday or whatever. And, you know, sit down and you create focused time chunks of time where you're just going to sit and you're going to focus for some people pomodoro works pomodoro holy shit let's try that again pomodoros work really well um it's an app you can download it it's a timer um and i think that you can adjust the the amounts of time that you spend in each phase but the idea is it's 25 minutes of focus time and then a five minute rest. And if you can continuously put yourself through these Pomodoros, it's a it's a pretty good balance when it comes to focus time and then five minutes to catch up on whatever you need to do or go to the washroom or, you know, helping yourself have some structure to actually get things done. Because when we sit down and you're like, okay, I got five hours here and I've got a lot of work to do. 
whew, like that feels heavy and we don't know where to start. But if you can break it down into little bite-sized pieces, it feels a lot more manageable. And it's also, um, I'm sure there's some science to the 25-5 ratio in terms of like optimizing your focus and taking those little breaks away. Me personally, if I'm in a state of focus, I don't necessarily want to break every 25 minutes. But that's just me. I don't really adhere to rules that well. I just do what works for me. Um, another strategy that was shared with me with um, someone in my network was 90-minute time blocking. So 90 minutes of focused work and then a 30-minute break to do whatever else, do whatever needs to be done. So if you are breaking up your day into two hour blocks, 90 minutes for work and 30 minutes to, you know, do other things, specific focus tasks in that 90 minutes, right? Like whether that is doing some kind of prospecting, responding to emails, I don't know, obviously totally depends on the type of work that you do. But if you can take those 90 minutes, it's like each day you might have three or four 90 minute blocks that you're going to work with depends on your schedule. I'm sure some of you work way more than that. Um, So taking those work blocks and then you're looking at your time management matrix and it's like, okay, what are my important, urgent things? Like these are obviously the tasks that I should be slotting into my my time blocks accordingly to make sure that I'm getting the things done that are most important, most urgent, sitting down, focusing for 90 minutes and then taking a little breather. So, I mean, it's basically the same as a Pomodoro, but just in a a little bit of an extended version. And the 30 minutes is great because if you feel the urge to you know, switch gears or you do find yourself, oh, something pops into your head as it always does when we're trying to focus on something else. Instead of switching gears, make yourself a list. Have a list running all the time in your life of little side tasks that need to get done or thoughts that pop into your mind and things you want to do and messages you want to send and things you forgot about, right? Have that little list going all the time. You don't need to immediately pivot. If you've already forgot about something for three days, 90 minutes or 25 minutes or five minutes or whatever is not going to make a difference. It ties into this whole instant gratification obsession that we have. We are so entitled. We think that everything should happen right fucking now and it does not need to. And the more that you can also build that muscle of delaying your gratification, your focus will improve. So making that little list of side tasks, of distractions, of things that pop into your mind and so that you can use your 90 minute focused time to do the task at hand. And then you know that you have that, you know, five minutes or 30 minutes or whatever it is to get caught up on all those little things. And you've written them down so you don't need to worry about forgetting about them, which eliminates that justification like, oh, I just need to do it right now. No, you don't. You you wrote it down. You're going to get to it. Stay focused. Okay, so most of the things that I've shared so far are random, you know, tips and tricks that I've learned from other people, other podcasts. A lot of it is coming from Rob Dial, who has been my mentor for the first part of this year, and the people on his team, which has all been super helpful. These last two are just really things that make sense to me, and I I don't think I've ever heard them anywhere else. So let me know what you think about these ones and if you find them helpful, because I certainly do. Um, If you're a procrastinator, stay tuned here because this part is for you. Um, Procrastination is another really interesting thing, and we kind of have this energy around it like, oh, well, as long as it gets done, like, it's fine, right? Um, To think about my university time, like, I was that person who 
really waited until the very, very last second to get started on things and then just had myself in a state of anxiety and stress. And not only that, when you're procrastinating, but like you think you're putting it off and it's not affecting you, but there is a level of shame and guilt associated with knowing that you should be doing something and not doing it. So you're keeping yourself in some of the lowest vibration, the shittiest feeling feelings by procrastinating. Like you're lowering your vibration, you're changing your energy, you're changing what you're attracting in the world because you're not doing what you need to be doing and you're breaking promises to yourself. So recognizing that it's not as harmless as we like to think it is, like, you know, how oh, I perform better under pressure. Okay. Do you perform better when your vibration is low? Do you attract what you want in your life? Do you feel the way you want to feel when you're constantly up against guilt and shame and anxiety? If you're being honest with yourself, the answer is probably no. So because of how who I am as a person, this works really well for me. And I think that it works really well for two reasons. But number six is set a timer for yourself. This is almost the opposite of the Pomodoro thing. Um, but for me, this really works. And obviously, we're not all the same. So take what resonates for you from this episode and try different things because there is no like secret recipe that's going to work for every single person. Our brains are all wired differently. So be nice to yourself as well. Like if you're struggling with your focus and your productivity, that's okay. Everyone is to some degree. And we have like a ADHD <laughs> um, epidemic. I really don't want to use that word either because it's tainted, but it's like everybody is struggling with this stuff to some degree. So don't beat yourself up because again, that's another thing that's going to bring you down into shame and guilt. Be kind to yourself, be loving to yourself, be self-supporting and just figure out what works for you. Optimize your life, optimize your environment, optimize your mind so that you can do the best you can. And I should say that for some people, medication does work. If you are struggling with focus, talk to your doctor if you are interested in you know, being on medication for ADHD because for some people it's life-changing. It's just not for me. Um, there are also certain supplements and ways that you can support yourself through nutrition when it comes to focus. And um, I can share more about that with anyone who's interested. Just reach out. There's certain foods you can eat that are really good for your brain, like getting your omegas in, eating um, salmon and things that are rich in omegas are going to help your brain function. And there's a whole list of foods that you can you know, rely on and experiment with to see what is supporting your brain function. Okay, I just paused this because I actually shared a list of foods in the recent group program that I ran with my friend Laura, who's a holistic nutritionist, but I shared a list of foods that help us help our brains function to the best of their abilities. And if you're eating a lot of sugar and you're eating a lot of shit or you're drinking alcohol, like your focus is going to be bad. You need to get intentional about how you're fueling your body. Um, so this list that I shared um, of foods that help with focus includes salmon, blueberries, turmeric, pumpkin seeds, eggs, green tea, and avocado. And I could not tell you exactly why that is for most of those foods. And there's also a million more. So if you're interested in supporting your body through nutrition, um, Google it and do your research and figure out what your body needs to thrive and what your brain needs to thrive. And I'll tell you one thing for sure, your brain doesn't need sugar. That's going to 
work against you in terms of this goal. So start to be realistic about what you're putting in your body, making sure you're drinking enough water. You're not going to be focused if you're dehydrated. You're not going to be focused if you're hungover. You're not going to be focused if you're eating crap junk food that is nutrient deficient. You need to be giving your body the nutrients that it needs. So getting intentional about that. Anyways, that was an entire like just side mission, just a tangent um, to just get us back on track here with number seven. So this works for me. This works for me because I am a competitive person, but I also feel like this is a really valuable strategy because we have a tendency to either underestimate or overestimate how long things take us. Another cognitive distortion, another way that we misrepresent reality and accept that as truth in our mind. And that is often part of the reason that we avoid getting started because we think things are going to take so long and it's going to be so hard and all of this stuff. And it usually doesn't take as long as we think it's going to. So when I have a specific task that um, I might be like resisting for any kind of reason, I'm like, okay, let's get honest about this. Let's get real about this. Why am I who cares? Let's just do it. And I just turn on a timer and then I'm immediately competitive with myself. And that this really helps with focus because the timer is running. I am not going to check that text message that just came in. I am going to get this done to the best of my ability. Like I don't rush myself. It's not a race, but I want to see how long does it actually take me to do this task at like a good quality I want to know how long it takes me so that next time I can judge it properly, right? So I'll do the whole task. I won't get distracted. I'm not looking at other stuff. I'm not sacrificing five minutes to get on Instagram and get distracted at anything like that. I'm doing what I need to do. I'm starting what I, I'm finishing what I started. So it's helping me to work through some of the other, you know, things that we've already talked about. This is a strategy to put in place to help you to anchor yourself in these habits. I do what I need to do, and then when I'm done that task, I turn the timer off and I go, oh shit, I thought that was going to take me an hour, but it actually only took me 26 minutes. Or the opposite, I was like, oh damn, I thought that was going to take me like half an hour, and it took me two hours. So we need to start just being really honest about how long things take. We are so dishonest with ourselves. I don't know if you're picking up on the fact that I'm using the word honest over and over and over, but it's like we play ourselves, guys. And the sooner you stop fucking lying to yourself about all this meaningless, it's not meaningless shit, but it's like, these are just the little things. If you're playing yourself and you're being dishonest and you're distorting the truth on shit like this, imagine what's going on in the other bigger, more meaningful things in your life, right? Like we got to just get in the practice of figuring out what the reality is. And this strategy I love because it's like, okay, now I know that that takes me 26 minutes and that's great. So next time when I'm feeling like it's so time consuming, I know that it's only going to take me about half an hour and I can just sit down and do it. And it, like I said, it's not a race. It's not about getting things done quickly. It's just about doing your research on yourself, really understanding your life, understanding the things that you do weekly or daily or whatever, and how long do they actually take you? Don't let yourself pull yourself down into fear over things like, oh my God, this is going to take so long. I don't have the energy. All of these excuses come up, right? This helps you to avoid the excuses and just get to the facts. Facts. Okay, so number eight. Wait, did I say there was seven? I don't know how many there is, guys. I guess there's eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Turns out there's eight tips on 
focus and productivity. Um, so number eight, the final one that I'm going to share with you today. If you find yourself procrastinating, and I mean, we touched on this a little bit, don't beat yourself up and don't enable yourself either. Like neither of those are productive solutions. Don't just stay in that state of procrastination and don't be mean to yourself because you're procrastinating. Neither of those things are going to get you closer to your goal. But what you can do is get curious. And I mean, spoiler alert, this is the key to everything. Get curious with yourself. Why am I avoiding this? Because I guarantee you don't procrastinate on every single thing in your life. It's certain things. So why those things? Why is that? Why do I procrastinate on this and not on that? If you can learn to get curious with yourself, and this is not judgment. It's not judgment. It's not criticism. It's truly healthy curiosity. I always use the example when I'm talking about this with clients. It's like the infatuation that you have with someone new and you start dating them. Get that energy in your life towards yourself and your life will change. Why do we not have that? I find myself fascinating. You know what I mean? Like I am so, I've always been motivated by understanding humans. I have a degree in sociology, you know, like I've dedicated so much of my career to helping people in different capacities. And I want to understand myself. I want to understand everyone, but that's really hard to do. So I just focus on understanding myself. And so when I notice myself in a pattern, a a behavior pattern, that I want to shift, the first question is, why am I doing this, right? So what I find helpful is, again, set yourself a timer, create a container for yourself, sit down with yourself, and journal on why you're procrastinating on this specific thing. Spend three, four, five, ten minutes digging in and ask yourself why, why? And every time you have an answer come up, ask why again. Go deep. Your subconscious is trying to lock you out of the reality of how you're feeling and where this resistance is coming from. So push past that and start to be honest with yourself. Most of the time when we're procrastinating, it's because we're like insecure about the task at hand. We don't know how to do it that well, or we don't think we're going to do it well, or like there's, there's weird fears of not being good enough that are keeping us from just actioning these things and getting them over with. Like how many times have you left your laundry unfolded for like days or even weeks and then actually finally done it and you're like shit that actually just took like five minutes maybe six minutes total and I've been putting it off for so long why are we doing that getting so clear on your motivation and really getting curious and really asking yourself some good questions and I mean that's the value of coaching because as coaches, we can ask you questions that you're not going to ask yourself. You're not going to be able to hold a mirror to yourself in an effective way most of the time because that's just how we are as humans. There's a saying that you can't read the ingredients from inside the jar. So you can challenge yourself. You can sit down and journal on it and see what comes up for you, and you probably will get some great insight. But when it comes to the bigger things in life, Sometimes our subconscious is just such a steel trap, you know, like we we really have developed habits of keeping ourselves out of the stuff that is uncomfortable. But the really important thing to recognize is that you're carrying that shit around with you either way. So you might as well dig it up, look at it and then get it out of your aura get it out of your life you don't need to hang on to that shit it's not useful so start to push past your comfort zone when it comes to self-reflection and ask yourself difficult questions why am i really procrastinating do i feel like i have 
you know, I'm missing skills or I'm not going to be able to do a good job? How can I support myself? What do I need? These are productive questions. And your brain is a problem-solving device. If you're asking it productive questions, you're going to get productive answers. If you're just saying, oh, it's okay, I'll start in 15 minutes. Oh, well, okay, I'll start in another 15 minutes. And you're asking yourself questions about what else you can do and avoiding the task and feeling like a victim because you have to do these things. Of course, you're never going to get them done. Do yourself a favor and just start. And if you have to spend a little bit of time understanding where that resistance is coming, do that. Because like I said, this type of shit procrastination is affecting your overall vibration, which is affecting your overall life, which is affecting how you're showing up in the world, which is affecting how you feel every single day. Okay, well, that's it. Let's do one more recap. So number one is the brain dump. Number two is your time management matrix. Number three is do not multitask. Always finish every single thing that you start before moving on to your next task. Number four is turn your phone on to do not disturb mode. Number five is your focus playlist. And if you want me to share mine with you, I'm always happy to do that. Or binaural beats. Number six is using time blocking or Pomodoros, whatever works best for you. Number seven is timing yourself to get real about how long things actually take you. And number eight is if you're procrastinating, journal about it. Instead of wasting two hours in a state of nonsense watching whatever on YouTube and going down rabbit holes, spend five minutes procrastinating on... (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) Scratch that. Um, Spend five minutes journaling on why you're procrastinating and what you need in order to support yourself in that situation. That's all I have for you today, guys. I hope you found this episode interesting or valuable. If you did like something that you heard in here, send me a message. Let me know what resonated for you. And if you practice some of these and they're working for you, let me know. I would love to hear about your experience. And also, please share this episode with anyone in your life that you know may benefit, anybody who struggles with their focus, productivity, time management. Um, Please give the podcast a review and a rating, whether you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple or wherever you're finding it. I appreciate you finding your way here and for listening to this episode all the way through. If there's any other hacks or tips that you have that work well for you, definitely let me know as well so I can share that with the fam. All right. Thank you guys. Appreciate you. Have a wonderful, productive week, and I will talk to y'all soon.